salutations and shit folks welcome 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 back to another episode of your favorite travel podcast travel and shit where i your host d carrie have an experiential conversation about the nuanced ways that travel intersects with regular life so happy to have you here if you're new welcome for the first time if you've been here welcome back again so jumping in to today's episode safety abroad Unfortunately, we have had the news of four travelers in Mexico being kidnapped. Sadly, two of them have been killed and thankfully two of them have survived. I will say that when I initially heard the news of four Americans being kidnapped in Mexico, I'm going to hold you I immediately thought they were white because that's the one thing that I had like as a saving grace when I traveled abroad was just, they don't fuck with black people. Like people here don't give a fuck about black people. So people around the world aren't going to, you know, want to make their statement or expect to have any type of leverage or negotiating power in terms of taking people of color, black people. But as we've recently seen, it could be anybody. This episode isn't about that particular or the details of that particular instance. My prayers are absolutely with the families of those that have been lost as well as those survivors because that's got to be something to, such a burden to now carry with you for the rest of your life. We all have our own set of issues and troubles and struggles and to add something as traumatic as that on for anybody of any demographic or background or experience is is heartbreaking to me. I just happen to be one of those kind of bleeding heart people that I empathize. So I, I, I'm just, it sucks. Safety is always a concern back of your brain, right? Well, for me, back of brain. Um, Sadly, it's not in the front, but seeing this happen, it's absolutely a reminder that you always got to guard your neck. And so here we are. This episode is about international safety. So one of the things that I have been wanting to do for a while as a little footnote is introduce some segments. And I feel like the solo episodes would be the perfect playing ground to do so. So let's test this out. Give me some feedback. I would love to see, you know, an email, perhaps dcarry at travelandshippodcast.com if you're feeling froggy. Let me know what you think about the segment. So headlines, that's what this one is. And the additional segment would be questions. So first, inspired by the headline, if you will. So it's not necessarily... The headline topic, the headline umbrella banner, if you will, is not necessarily always going to be about the headline directly or specifically, but it would more so be because of the headlines. That's what inspired the topic. So all in all, safety abroad. One of the things that I see people asking often about when it comes to travel is how do you stay safe? Especially considering when you are flying anywhere, you you can't bring weapons. Well, you're not supposed to. 
What y'all do is y'all business. I don't fuck with it because I'm not trying to get detained anywhere. However, that good sense hopefully comes with you wherever you go. And that has always been my go-to resource for safety because unfortunately we're not, I was going to say we're not crystal gems. So special, special thank you to Kid Fury and Crystal for consistently recommending Steven Universe. Fucking love the show. And so the, one of the characters is Arnett and she does have a little, what's the word? Oh, pre-premonition. She can somewhat see the future. And so that's where my brain went. But we're not Garnet. We can't see the future. So when planning travel, booking travel, we're not going to know what's going to happen to us. We don't know what the fuck's going to happen to us in our regular day-to-day lives, right? So we definitely, that travels with us as well. That, ah, man, the word was right there. That the space of not knowing. That's what the word means that I was looking for. But that inability to predict or foresee what's going to happen, that's absolutely something that comes with us. However, because we can't, it is up to us to put certain things in place so that we can do our best to keep ourselves safe. That being the case, I was on Twitter scrolling through. I was down a feed that was talking about the incident in Mexico and I saw someone wrote something, 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 level four. And then I was so surprised to see how many people didn't know what level four meant. So level four is a designation from, and it goes from one to four. They are travel advisories. They are designations from the U.S. Department of State giving their assessment, if you will, on different regions in the world and your, I don't want to say threat of safety, but your threat of unsafety, your threat of danger, like your safety level. So four different tiers and scrolling down to them. I want to say I have like three little sections here saved for you guys. This one was travel... I think it's this. Oh, here it is. Not that one. Travel advisory. Here we go. So level one, exercise, normal precautions. Scroll down. Number two, exercise, increased precautions. Level three, reconsider travel. Level four, do not travel. As of, I want to say, I want to say the latest or earliest date that I saw was October 2024. As of now, there are 19 countries. Out of the, another fun fact, well, not another, but fun fact, the number of countries isn't something that you can just easily and readily like Google because different nations go through different stresses and turmoils and issues and one day somebody's considered a independent city state another day they're considered their own independent country another day they're a territory not all countries have the same economy as others so let me see what the rough answer i feel like the rough answer was like 152 or something like how many countries 
close. There are 195 countries in the world today. This total comprises 193 countries that are member states of the United Nations and two countries that are non-member observer states, the Holy See and the state of Palestine. So there's that. Are there 243 countries? Are there 195 or 197 countries? So and then how many recognized countries there are? And those are just the people ask questions in the Google tab. So out of all those countries, only 19 of them are level four advisories. And level four, again, is do not travel. The Department of State lists level four designated countries as this is the highest advisory level due to greater likelihood of life-threatening risks. During an emergency, the U.S. government may have very limited ability to provide assistance. The Department of State advises that U.S. citizens not travel to the country or to leave as soon as it is safe to do so. The Department of State provides additional advice for travelers in these areas in the travel advisory. Conditions in a country may change at any time. So... To get this information, link will be in the description box below. It's travel.state.gov. That's if you're in the United States. There's also a number that you can call if you need to find your embassy, consulate when you are abroad in another country, as well as if you are in the U.S., or Canada, you can also, there's a number that's listed there as well. So there are two different numbers, but you can go to travel.state.gov. That has all the designations for all the different countries. So in terms of those designations, I was actually going through a couple of the countries that were there. And I oddly noticed two of the ones that I've been to were level ones, which is normal precautions. Lowest level advisory level for safety and security risks. There is some risk in any international travel. Conditions in other countries may differ from those in the United States and may change at any time. Generally assumed to be the safest ones. However, anything wild can happen anywhere. Crime happens across the world. Everyone can use, if you will, their own state. For those of us that are in the United States, use your own state. I'm in New York. If you let Mayor Adams tell it, we live in a cesspool to the point where we need all this money to increase police budgets, blah, blah, blah. Uh, right. So that being the case, a lot of people from the outside looking and even the inside looking in, a lot of people swear New York City is so unsafe. New York City is so unsafe. New- so unsafe. So unsafe. Ah, scary. But look at how many people consistently still show up. I'm not going to sit here and say that there are plenty of people around this world that would not come to New York City because they feel that it's unsafe, but it is still one of the most popular tourist destinations in the world. People is pulling up. So travel advisories are advisories. Should you blow them off? No. But should you exercise common sense, personal judgment? And use, hopefully, the good sense that God gave you. Clearly, we know everybody didn't get the good sense or everybody's good is subjective because plenty of people swear they're making rational and logical decisions, but we all understand them to not be, right? As a general consensus, we understand that not everybody makes wise decisions. However, those are your personal 
blunders and battles to fight because you can be unsafe anywhere. A couple of things to follow up with the Department of State advisories are other additional resources that they do provide to assist in you having an extra added, well, extra and added, same thing, an extra level of security or an added level of security. Smart Traveler Enrollment Program. That is the STEP program. And well, it's STEP because the P is part of STEP. So how could it really be the STEP program if P and STEP is program? But that open this one up for you. Gotta say, I'm really digging this new, oh, I didn't write it down, but so far I am. And I changed my host for the podcast y'all. And this John is quite useful, except for I wrote all that down and I don't know where I put it. Maybe it's here. Yes. Here we go. Smart traveler enrollment program. Is a free service to allow U.S. citizens and nations, tra- uh, excuse me, traveling and living abroad, to enroll their trip with the nearest U.S. embassy or consulate. You would have the ability to receive important information from the embassy about safety conditions. Blah 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 blah. blah. Um, they would also, this would also help the U.S. embassy contact you in an emergency, whether natural disaster, civil unrest, or family emergency, and it allows your um, family and friends added assistance to get in touch with you in an emergency. I personally like the part about help the U.S. Embassy contact you in an emergency. I don't remember what the name of that movie is, but I want to say it's got Owen Wilson or is it Luke Wilson? It's Owen, the blonde. He and his family were someplace, don't know where it was. Was it like Burma, Myanmar, something in that general, that general, I want to say, pretty sure it's Southeast Asia. Don't quote me, but somewhere in that general area, civil unrest, there is like a coup and he is actually out getting a newspaper when he basically sees it unfold real time. And so like rebels are running down the street with machetes and just like taking heads and taking names, basically shit gets live real quick. And thankfully, he was close to the hotel he was staying at. So he's running back, going to save the family. Woo, woo, woo. And it's like, oh, whoa. The shit picks up real quick. Actually, a really good movie. Enjoyed it. But now, would a notification from the STEP program save you if you're in the midst of that? I would tend to think no. However, if you were able to be notified that unrest had gotten to a certain level so you could exit stage left, then that may, you know, be something that proves to be worth its weight in the little bit of time it would take you to enroll in a program such as that. So those are some available options to you in terms of international. And there's was that the last one? Let me just go over my new updated list of things here. Yeah, that was pretty much it. Oh, find the consulate locations or phone numbers for you to visit while you're there. Also, keep in mind, in other countries, emergency services may not have the same number. So 
United States, 911s, pretty ubiquitous anywhere in the 50 states. Ooh, good question about Hawaii. I don't know. Never been. I would assume though, however, considering they are a state of the United States, that it would be the same number. But we know here it's 911 to call for an emergency. I don't know what the number is in France. Can't say I know what the number is in Canada. And I've been to Canada a few a few times. But those are little things that you should have in your mental Rolodex so that God forbid something does happen. You're not caught in the midst of your emergency and then having to navigate trying to find help. The best thing you can do for yourself is put that system in place prior to you ever needing it. So if anything, save that random number for the consulate. It's like an 800 number, or I think it was like actually like a 202 number, which doesn't surprise me because I feel like 202 is DC. I could be wrong, but I feel like I'm not. But save those numbers in your phone, whether it be in a notes, little in a note in your notes app or just saving it as a number so that you can go to your contacts. I know I probably would be easier to navigate through my notes personally versus my contacts. I can never even find the icon for contacts on my phone because I very rarely add a contact to my phone. Kind of. I Neither here nor there. I can never find it. But um, so I'd like to say, have the information for yourself before you need the information. Save the numbers for the consulates. I've said before, have copies of your passport so that if you had to run off with what was on your person and you had your passport or whatever in the hotel or the Airbnb, wherever it was that you were staying, you could at least show someone at the embassy or the consulate, hey, this is who I am. Picture matches me. Hi. You can even have me log into my email address from your computer if you don't trust that what I'm accessing on my phone or my device is actually the correct or appropriate information. But I personally believe in the email system so that you email all that thing, all that information to you as well as credit cards, ID, I travel, itinerary, flight number and information and all that jazz, your, uh, not your boarding pass because you can't always, you can't check in prior flight information and all of your important shit. If it seems important, take a copy picture of the front and back of the card, email it to yourself so that God forbid you get got somebody runs you for your shit, your bag gets snatched or if you fall in a boat. I mean, you fall off a boat and all of your things get wet. Your phone is ruined. Your wallet gets carried off by a sea otter. Don't fucking know. You lose your shit. You can at least log into your email address from someone else's computer. You don't even have to have your own device. So saving pictures in your photo album, while yes, it can be useful if you don't have the device to get into your photo album. And I always personally, I forget my iCloud, my iCloud password all the fucking time. So I wouldn't even want to say that I could log into my iCloud someplace else. I don't know how to back up my phone. So I don't know how to access my iCloud from anything other than my own personal Apple device. So I personally recommend take pictures of the front and the backs of your cards, of your passport, ID, your insurance card. When you have your travel itinerary in terms of your flight information, like when you're supposed to leave, when you're coming back, which airports you're flying into and out of, flights you're supposed to be on, your confirmation and your booking numbers, the the address for the Airbnb or the hotel that you're staying at, the name and a phone number for a contact of someone in that area that you're staying in, whether it be the number for the hotel or it is the number for your Airbnb host, whomever that may be, have that information in an email. I would also suggest email yourself 
important phone numbers to have because I personally don't remember anybody's number that I didn't know before 99. So once I got a cell phone, that was it. If I didn't mentally have the number in there, it wasn't going to stick. So I remember my Tila. I remember your parents' house number. Courtney, I remember your house number. Grandparents, my parents' house number. My dad's cell phone number. Yeah, Courtney, Tila, my mom, my uh, my grandparents, my dad's cell phone number. And my mom's cell phone number, I'm always like one digit off the end. Also, email those numbers to yourself. I know I don't remember the numbers. So if I needed to look them up, if I needed to call, if I ended up stranded someplace, I only know those five, six numbers. So if I can't get through to one of them, then what? So phone numbers as well. I would email all of that information to you. Call it something simple. I always forget what I save things under. So I feel like I'm doing myself a favor by calling it something so very specific and detailed. I never fucking remember. So make it something that is easy. Put a bunch of reference names, numbers, and things or descriptors in the body of the email so that if you needed to search it, hopefully you'd still be able to find it as opposed to important docs, right? You might call it, you might call it important docs. This is me, the way my brain thinks. This is why I have thousands of folders and notes and shit all over. My digital life is so chaotic. But it's because I think in the moment, for the most part, when it comes to saving things. So I'll save something as important docs. But three months from now, when I need it, I'll look up travel information or travel demographics. And it's just like, All of those things in that moment makes perfect title sense or it makes perfect sense that this would be something that I'm looking up. And for the life of me, I can't find the shit because three months prior when I was titling or naming the document, I wasn't thinking the same way. So throw a couple of descriptors or extra keywords or different things that you can possibly think of to call the document and put that in the body of the email so that if you have to search through your emails, hopefully that'll pop up for you. So that is a lot of international travel. In terms of travel with safety, I personally prefer staying someplace where I own, I guess you could say, I don't want to say, like my own needs are met in terms of I know what kind of spaces I feel comfortable in, right? So read those reviews, especially as a solo traveler, I would specifically seek out reviews from other solo women. I would absolutely go for black women if I could find them because my experience and a white woman's experience are not necessarily going to be the same in all different countries. Even being a woman aside, just as a, an American my experience isn't going to necessarily be the same as someone from, you know, Ghana, necessarily someone from, you know, a black person from Ireland, from anywhere. So read the room, right? I try to look for reviews that speak to my sensibilities. I like a comfortable bed. So when I find reviews that talk about the bed and the pillows were comfortable, heart, we're putting this on a a list of 
places that I like. Yes, balcony, great, check. Washer, dryer, check. Beach towels for the beach, check, check. But what are we talking about? What are the things that I know are going to make me comfortable? And then I look for those. Things that I know are going to make me comfortable are seeing women say, we walked back to the Airbnb. It was already one o'clock and I felt completely safe. Now, does that mean that I'm going to be completely safe? Or does that mean that they were completely safe? No, it absolutely doesn't. However, back to that good sense. Use what you have at your disposal. Do your best to get as much information as you are going to need to put yourself at ease. Also consider, maybe don't go now. I don't know yet. I want to go to Haiti so bad. I have heard such beautiful things from people who have visited. It is a beautiful fucking country. However, that travel advisory is very high. And I know the way that I enjoy traveling, the way I don't want to stay on a resort, that's not the trip for me. Not right now. I hopefully and God willing have a long, healthy, beautiful life to live. I can visit when it's a little safer because is it worth me going and not making it home? Like, is it how bad, how, how important is the experience if it's going to be a bad experience, right? That's something to remind yourself. Maybe right now isn't the time to go. Other things to consider in terms of traveling with safety. Where are you going to be going? Are you someone that absolutely wants to do stuff at night? Are you into nightlife? If that is your bag, consider staying near the places or in the area that has most of the nightlife that you want to experience, the places that you want to go. Look into it in advance. This way, you don't have to walk 45 minutes at night to get back to wherever it is you're staying, whether it be an Airbnb or a hotel. This way you can pay for a $10, $15 cab or Uber or whatever mode of travel, mode of transportation they have in the area. If it's bright out, you're going to feel safer. If it's bright out, there are more likely to be other people. There are other eyes on the block. So you have that kind of added level of security that people see what's going on. I feel like as long as you have in your mind that... Anybody could be watching you, whether it's someone you see watching you or not, right? Because there's always the person that's looking at you that might make you feel uncomfortable, reasonable. You notice it, but you don't notice everything. You're never going to be completely aware of all the things that are happening around you, especially if there's necess- if there is possibly a, not culture shock, but a disconnect. There's another phrase that I was looking for. Um, lost in translation. Some things get lost in translation. Some things may not be be familiar to you to look out for like pickpockets and you know petty crimes and theft and stuff like that that happens everywhere especially in touristy areas so those are things to keep in mind I personally only travel with a bag that has like a zipper on it my shit is never like I would never travel with a neverfull I I that you know what I'm saying, I'm saying? like I don't want to say you're asking for it, but you're making it easy to me. So that's not something I do. I prefer cross bodies. One, I don't like traveling. I don't like moving about the world with my hands full. Personally, I like to kind of feel like if I needed to fight somebody, hands and feet, they're at least available. They are at my immediate disposal. What if I trip? What if I fall? What if I slip? I would like to have my hands available to catch myself or grab onto something to secure my balance. That is my personal decision. If you are a clutch girl, 
go off, have the outfit look great. But again, personal choice, personal uh, pace, and personal comfort. You have to do what is going to make you comfortable. If you're one of those people that wants to do the um, the belt wallet with the secret compartments and all of those, you know, the fanny pack under something, shit, money in your bra, you, the, find your lane, baby. Find that lane and make it work for you. But the biggest piece of travel advice that I really feel like people just kind of forget that is at their immediate disposal is common sense. You really, I cannot stress this enough. I will consistently repeat this a million times. Use your brain. If it doesn't feel right, chances are it's not right. And even if it is right, why risk it? Remove yourself from this situation. Look up. You don't have to always know where you're, you're on vacation, right? If you're on vacation, if you're, if this trip here is a vacation trip that we're talking about, and you've got the luxury of kind of just not having to be anywhere on time. We're not having to rush anywhere. Look the fuck up. Pay attention to what's going on. I feel like a lot of people, um, and this is coming from a New Yorker, right? I live in a very touristy location. I work in Manhattan in a very touristy destination. Like they're everywhere. So for me, it's kind of like you can spot and very easily identify people that are not from here. And it's a lot of it is in how they carry themselves. They carry themselves like they're in shock and awe and they just carry themselves. Like you can tell sometimes that people are not paying attention to anything that's happening around them. And it's not even, it's, I'm having, I don't want to say I'm having a hard time describing it because I'm describing it to you, but I feel like if you don't know, you're not going to know what I'm talking about. There are some of us, and this isn't just applicable to people that are from New York. This is from any tourist area. This is from also, are you a people per- Like, are you a people watcher? I like watching people. I pay attention to people around me. I tend to notice the nuance of details happening around me. Right? So the way people carry themselves the little things that I see you ignore happening right in front of you are dead giveaways that you're not fucking paying attention. And a lot of this shit happens so very quickly. Have your shit about you. Carry yourself like you belong where you're going. Fake the funk if you need to. And I really, really, really hope that you are able to play that off if you don't necessarily believe it. And I really think that that'll help you in a lot of situations. A lot of times people do things because of opportunity. Crimes of opportunity are an actual thing. Don't be that opportunity. You can't always fix it. And it's not always something that you can control, but what you can control is your response to things and you're absolutely easier. You're absolutely more readily available to respond to something when you're aware of what's happening around you. Things like crossing the street, like traffic patterns are not the same everywhere. Some places will not stop. Other places will stop. I'll never forget. I was talking to boyfriend's cousin. She's from Puerto Rico, born and raised, didn't come to the States till she was grown. And she was saying how one of the first interactions she went out with some of her friends that were stateside when she moved and she just walks out into the street and she does like the whole, you know, the hand thing. And they're like, bro, what do you, what girl, 
reel it in. And she was like, I was so scared because they didn't stop. Cultural norms. That's not what we do here. So it like something as simple, sounds simple, but something that is simple to you, where you are from, may not be simple where you are. Read the fucking room. Watch and see how other people are crossing the street. We jaywalk in New York. But for those of us with sense, we do it like we have sense. I've seen people just walk out into the middle of the street, walking, looking nowhere, looking the wrong way down a one way. Or when, you know, the traffic is either driving on the right side or the left side. That was one of the things that I had the most difficult time navigating in Bermuda, particularly, I remember it. Just looking the correct way, not the right way, but the correct way when crossing the street. So little things read the room, pay attention to what is going on around you. And it can absolutely be what, I don't want to say saves your life, like on some dramatic shit, but you see a car coming or you see something falling, a boulder falling from a cliff, straight Looney Tunes style. It could be anything, animals, spiders, bears, snakes, the things we don't want to angle with, right? Pay the fuck attention. So. Next and final thing that I wanted to do is implement, and I just realized I'm recording on my phone and that is where the, let me see. Nope. God bless technology. This is why gang gang. I'm Apple team Apple. Where are my albums? And what did I call it? Let me see if it's here. It's clearly not alphabetical. Yep. Boom. Here it is. Gang, gang. Thanks, apps. Here, oh. Okay, updated. God, this text is so little. Audience questions. So... This is, I think this is this one. I favorited it also. Boom. So Shorty asks, I want to travel this summer, but my friends are acting weird. What are some safe places to go alone? So in the spirit of travel safety, best answer that I can give you in terms of safe places to go alone. This is from my personal experience. I have personally always felt the safest in places where I can blend in. I've always felt safer when I don't feel like people are automatically going to be looking and noticing me and questioning whether I belong, questioning whether I am part of whatever us or we is in the area that I am in. So I personally have found myself to feel the safest in black and brown countries. That may not be your experience. That may not be how you read the room in that situation. But I would say that Bermuda was my first trip out of the country, felt wildly safe. I did not spend a lot of time um, in the street after dark. I was staying on a resort at the time. Grotto Bay. 
And I was pleased to see, I saw somebody had recently stayed there. I saw them post in a Facebook group and 10 out of 10 review. She loved it. I too loved it. That cave spa chef's kiss. And sadly, international massages have been hands down the best massages I've gotten in my life. Finally used a gift card. Boyfriend bought me for a massage. I did a nice little upgrade. I tried cupping. Can I tell y'all, I was so disappointed. I was so mad that I paid for that upgrade. I could have just gotten the massage. Like, it wasn't a bad massage, right? But when you have top tier experiences, it's hard to be happy with mediocre. It wasn't Bermuda and it wasn't Bali. Bali had the absolute best massages and I also felt extremely safe in Bali. I did do a little bit of walking around at night, but again, not too much. I'm gonna say compound, but it wasn't technically a compound, but it kind of was a compound. It was like a, a secret entrance to a larger community from a main street. So once you get, you're walking along the street, businesses, cars, traffic, the whole shebang, sidewalk, all of it, you walk up this really narrow staircase. And then before you know it, you're going through a maze of different like single and two-story structures, couple of houses. It's like a tucked away community and then a rice field. Felt incredibly safe, very safe out there. My experience again. I felt very safe where I was. Didn't feel safe walking in the dark, but that was just like my own perils and tripping over stones and unleveled pathways and the such. But uh, Bermuda, Bali so far, I would also, also say I personally felt very safe in Cartagena and I did do quite a bit of walking around at night there. And I will say the only time my radar peaked was I was coming from a beach excursion that I had done and I decided to walk through a park and there were people, you know how you stand, stand out, hi, would you like to donate to this, blah, 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 blah. And so I stopped, wasn't going to be rude and she was speaking English. So I'm just like, okay, you took the extra step to meet me where I was and so I'm listening, I'm listening, I'm listening. And then I see somebody else start to approach and I'm just like, oh, ain't going to be me. No, I'm not giving you my demographic. I'm not giving you my credit card. I'm not giving you this like, oh, well, we only take cards. Well, then I got nothing for you. And I'm watching somebody else like corner of your eye. Just because you stop and talk to somebody doesn't necessarily mean like your attention stops. Like you don't put all of your attention on a stranger you, yes, I see you. I'm talking to you, but I'm also listening to what's happening around me. I'm also, use the eyes in the back of your head. Okay? Figure it out and use them. So I felt very safe in those countries. And I can tell you one of the responses, especially from, um, I remember, hi, Joe. One of my homegirls from high school was like, yo, thank you so much for going and having an incredible fucking time in Colombia because I'm tired of hearing people speak so disparagingly about my country. It is a beautiful country. One area is not the entire country. 
one pocket does not represent a whole. If you think about your entire family, think about the person that you like the least. Is that indicative of your entire family? No, it's not. Even if there's multiple people in your family that you don't fuck with, like there's someone that's salvageable. There are people that you can, what, what is around the peripheral, right? You may not fuck with everybody, but they are not indicative of the bigger picture. It's the same with travel and different locations. Safety in one area is not safety in another area. Safety for us at home looking left and right because that's the way travel go, traffic goes or looking to my left when I'm, like we know which way to work, to look is what I'm getting at. That's not always the case when you go elsewhere. So just because something is safe here doesn't mean that it's safe there. Just because something is unsafe there doesn't mean that it's unsafe everywhere. So I'd highly suggest checking out Department of State, which is, let me give you that website one more time audibly. And then otherwise you can go down to the description box below wherever you're listening to this. It is travel.state.gov. Go to the Department of State. You can get travel advisory warnings for any country that you may be visiting. Go into the advisory. For example, Mexico. Mexico is huge. There are a lot of different areas. We know that tragedies happen everywhere in the world. And we've just now seen, I don't know if it's a a global story or not, because I can't think of people in South Africa really being necessarily concerned with Americans getting hurt in Mexico. But uh, at least a national news story, right? American killed, kidnapped in Mexico. Mexico is not that one community. There are plenty of expats. And I got homegirls out in Mexico. Gang, gang. I'll see y'all soon. But there are people all over the place. There are black folks all over the place. There are Chinese folks everywhere too. Tap in with your communities, wherever these places are. Ask questions. And keep your head on the fucking swivel. You have so much, so much, so much in you that you deserve the ability to expand on and grow from. And I remind you every week that travel is so much more than vacation. And you owe it to yourself to challenge yourself, not in like a... you know, do scary things because so much comes from it. No, you owe yourself the due diligence of not shutting something down immediately just because somebody else tells you something. Where did you want to go? Is that where there may be turmoil? If not, dive in, consider what's going on. Look around, research, do a little digging. Or, or, consider what is something similar. If you're going for a trip because you want incredible scuba diving or incredible snorkeling, there's more than one, two, 12 places in the world where you can do that. Consider going someplace else. If it is something that you are, um, you know, on a time constraint, whether it be weddings familial abilities in terms of like babies being born, you know, family members are sick. Check in. You've got people there. Go see them. Otherwise, maybe later is a better time to go. 
All right, y'all. So that's this week's episode. Let me know what you guys think about segments. I hope you guys are all staying safe on your travels. Please keep your eyes open, heads up, and enjoy the world. Enjoy what the world has to offer. Bye, y'all.